Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Uh, it'll probably be there our last night uh, on this series. And um, I thank God for the fact that Jesus Christ is the word. And um, But uh, I want to get uh, or just read a passage from 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, verse 15, and uh, I want to expand on this one verse uh, especially, and just that we recognize uh, the hope that we have within us. We need to recognize the hope that is within us. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, or in other words, treat as holy, but treat as holy the Lord God, in your hearts, in your life, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And uh, so this, this aspect of, uh, of giving an answer, giving a, uh, a statement a reasoned statement or argument for the hope that you have to be able to explain why do you have a hope? Why do you have a hope? Do you know? Uh, do you know that you have a hope in Christ? So this hope that is within us, that is of Christ or Christ in us, is, is we need to know how to explain why we have that hope, how we have that hope. And are you able to do that? You might say, why, why should I need to know? Why would I need to know to explain the hope that we have within us? Why is that a, an important thing? To encourage others. Absolutely. So if somebody comes and asks you, well, how come you have, how come you're, you know, you've got things going on around you and yet you're able to get through it. Why is that? So as we know why we have a hope, because we, we are bombarded ourselves. But to be able to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what I may be going through. I know the hope that I have and that I would be able to share it with others to, to encourage them. But even more so than even encouraging them, why would it be important that we know to give a reasoned uh, response uh, to somebody else that is asking us? Think about where they're at and think about where you're at. To give them, the, in, another, in other words, to say, hey, you said to win them to Christ, it is to give them the same hope, right? It's to give them the same hope that you have. How many of you here tonight uh, have a hope, regardless of how dark it may be out there? How many of you? Okay, so I'm seeing all the hands going up here in the sanctuary. The fact that we have a hope, there are others that have no hope. They're, they're ready, as some said, they're ready to give up. They've given up. They have no hope. I give up. I don't know what to do anymore. 
I give up. So it is to give a defense or a, an argument, if you would, or a reasoned statement why you have that hope. Because they might say, really, are you kidding me? Come on. And then you continue on with your defense of the hope that you have. It is powerful. So part of it might be the, the not just knowing that we have the hope, but how do we receive that hope? And th this is cri critical. What is the reason for your hope? Can you defend the hope that you have? And um, just a, an interesting part of this verse is at the very beginning. It says, but sanctify or treat as holy, or some would say set apart, the Lord God in your hearts. To sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, to treat as holy. I believe that when we don't have a correct view of the Lord or we have a casual view of the Lord or we're, we're not in the right place with the Lord, to be able to give an answer of hope or even to exude hope is, is almost impossible. If we're not in right standing with God, if we're not in right standing with the Lord, there's this unease about us to the point where we may say, you know what, I, I don't have hope. I, I don't have a hope myself. So I need to be in right standing with the Lord. I need to be in the right place with the Lord. But sanctify or treat as holy the Lord God in your hearts. And then always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So this, this meekness or this, the disposition that we have, the way we portray that is in meekness or a mildness of disposition. Not like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you because I've got a hope and you don't. Uh, in a gentleness of spirit that we do so in a gentleness of spirit. And it says in fear, so not just in meekness, but in fear. And I don't know about you, for me, the fear is not so much on, if it is on my part, it's, Lord, let me get this right. I need to get this right when I give this explanation of the hope that I have, I need to get it right. The other thing is recognizing where they are at spiritually. That there's a, a concern. I have a concern, a fear of where they are at spiritually if they don't grab a hold of the, the, that which is my defense for my hope or the explanation of the hope that I have. That I would be able to present it to them in such a way that they are able to grab a hold of it, or at least they will know how they too can have a hope. So, uh, this thing of, of sanctifying the Lord God in our hearts, interesting phrasing, but that there would be nothing that would hinder 
the Lord in our lives? Is there something hindering the Lord in your life? Is there something that isn't, uh, not only is it hindering the thing of relationship with God, but it, it would hinder us from giving an explanation or a defense of our hope because we're struggling if we're not in a right relationship with God. So we need to make sure that that is um, right, that you're in right standing with the Lord. Just quickly on that, um, I want to say this. For me, my greatest struggle as a believer was uh, keeping or having my faith, and this was after I got saved, for I, it was actually a number of years, my faith was in my evaluation of my righteousness. My faith was in how I evaluated my righteousness before the Lord. That was a big mistake. Because as much as I could possibly do, I couldn't do enough as a believer. Didn't matter how much I prayed. Did not matter how much I read the word of God. Did not matter how much I came to church. It did not matter how much I, I, the things that I did for the Lord. I recognized that I wasn't righteous enough. And I just, so I want you to know that that for me, and I believe uh, Paul talks about this too, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I'm doing it. And he carries on to the end of Romans chapter 7 saying, Oh, wretched man that I am, his faith was in his performance. And if your faith is in your own performance, you will find yourself falling short. Or when you f do fall short, not only is the enemy coming against you to condemn you, but you condemn yourself. So even if the enemy is not condemning you, you condemn yourself in, in, in the way you're, you're viewing yourself because your faith is in your righteousness. So it can't be there. If you want to sanctify the Lord in your hearts, that your faith would be in his finished work for you. His righteousness. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have no problem getting into the kingdom of God, but we struggle when it comes to his righteousness in our life because we are depending on our righteousness. And if we have a great day, it's like, yeah, I'm in good standing with God. And the moment that we have a, a struggle or, or, you know, we have an issue of some sort with somebody else or we have the wrong thoughts or whatever it may be, we look at ourselves and we say, oh, man, I messed up. I'm not in right standing with God anymore because our faith is in the wrong thing. So if you want to be holy or treat as holy the Lord God in your hearts is basically if you, you want to be in right standing with God, seek his righteousness. It's a simple thing of, Lord, thank you, your righteousness. I am righteous because of your righteousness in my life. Not my righteousness, your righteousness in my life. What a different way of going through life. That way, it is easy. At, at that point, it's like, oh, my goodness. I want to share Jesus with everybody because I'm, I'm in right standing with God. It's not dependent on my performance. It's dependent on what he already did for me.
It's already been finished. I grab a hold of his finished work from, for me in my life so I can give a defense of my hope. All right. I want, regarding the aspect of defense, it's, let me just read again. It says, always be ready to give a defense or answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. To give an answer, we are talking about speech. We are talking about talking. How many of you are really good at, at speaking in front of other, others or talking to others? Okay, one of you. Two? All right. For the most part, we would say, I'm not really that confident about talking to others. I, I have struggled with talking to others. Let me just say that's me. I struggle talking to others. You say, but you're a pastor. I'll tell you the only way that I, that I can interact with others and talk to others is the only the grace of God. Because that's not my, my nature. Just like most of you here. Most of you here are saying, I don't, it's not easy for me to talk to others. We need to be able to give an answer. I'm not talking about trying to keep a conversation going for hours and hours and hours. But we need to be able to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Because in this day and age, there's a hopelessness. And we need to recognize the power of the word. We need to recognize the power of the word that is spoken. Don't you find it interesting that Jesus is called the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're talking about that which is spoken, and Jesus is the Word. The things that are being spoken from him to us bring us life. It says he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Nothing. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In him was not just that which was uttered, but that which could bring life and that which brings light and understanding and, and a revelation is through him. It's interesting that even as John begins this, uh, the gospel with this word, we recognize that Genesis chapter 1 talks about the power of the word. And this is why it is important that we have an answer a reasoned statement. We need to know what we need to say regarding our hope. We need to have it. We need to have it down that we can share others or share the hope or a defense of the hope with others so that they too can have hope. As we look at the very first chapter, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. 
So no form, void, emptiness, darkness on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It was almost like the Holy Spirit in this, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And later on it says, let, God said, let us. It wasn't let me, it was let us together. It was almost like the Holy Spirit was waiting. Let the word be spoken, I will bring it to pass. Let the word be spoken, I will bring it to pass. And even to this day, even as we would make a proclamation of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is, is, is taking that word that we would speak to bring life to others. It says in verse 3, Genesis 1, 3, it says, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Started in the evening, and the morning were the first day. And as we read through that chapter, we see again and again, then God said, God spoke, and there was things being created. And we see that even as he was creating, it was all good. And we, we read this each day, then God said, then God said, then God said. And each day, there were new things that were being put into existence because of the word of the Lord. In verse 24, as we get to the, the sixth day before the seventh when he rested, verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and the beasts of, of the earth, each according to its kind by family, species, and it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image. We were made in the image of God. And we need to recognize that the, the word that we speak according, that which we speak according to the word of the Lord is powerful. Powerful enough to bring hope to somebody that does not have hope. To bring life to somebody that doesn't have life. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. So we have characteristics of God within us, one of them being free will, to choose to be able to love or not, to have relationship with God or not, to have fellowship with God or not. We have choice. And so things were made in his, he made man in his image according to his likeness, to their likeness. 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. How many genders are there? Two. He created them male and female. That's what we see today, male and female. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In verse 31, it says, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. It was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The greatest of God's creation was man, man and woman. It says in Genesis 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Everything else he spoke into existence, but when it came to forming Adam, he created Adam from the dust of the ground. He did not speak Adam into existence, but rather he formed him and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. There's life that came to Adam. You know, we recognize the aspect of physical birth. We recognize new life. In the church, the last number of months, there's been new life that has come. We say, so exciting, this new life that has come. And we, we look at, the, uh, last Sunday, I just I looked at um, little Max. Uh, just, just a little guy. He's, he was trying to look at me. Just looking at me with little, all that black hair. And his, his dad standing next to him, so proud. New life. We, we, we are excited about new life. But greater than that is to see new life as someone would become a child of God, to be born of God. John 1, as we continue on in chapter 1, says he came to his own, and his own did not receive him, did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God, are born of God. As we receive Christ into our lives, we are born of God. We need to recognize and we need to include in the defense of our hope this aspect of receiving Christ in our lives. Without receiving Christ in our life, we cannot be born of God. We have the opportunity to be a part of creating the greatest thing by his word to see new life come as we share and give a defense of our hope 
as we share hope with others. And to see as a person would grab a hold of that, that they too can have life. Let me read again, 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Don't depend on your own righteousness. Sanctification is about being right. Being right before the Lord that comes by the Lord. It cannot come by us. It comes by the Lord. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Can I ask this question? How did you receive hope? How did you get a hope? So many of you raised your hand. So I have a hope. How did you receive the hope that you have now? How did you get it? Steve. Okay, so somebody told you, directed you to a passage in the Bible, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that talk about salvation, how we can have salvation to have life. Okay, somebody else? So somebody directed you there? Yes. Okay, so to have faith in the Savior, in the price that he paid, for us gives has given you hope somebody else yes okay so you ask him how did you know to ask the lord Sorry. Okay. Okay, so you went to church and you you heard something and you were confused. So you were asking the Lord, "Hey, show reveal yourself to me." Right. Okay. Someone else yeah. Okay, so Psalm 23 has, has given you uh, a hope or a peace, a peace and a hope. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, someone else? Yeah. Okay, so you received hope when you received Christ as your personal Savior into your life. How did you know to do that? Okay, so a week before you turned 13, uh, you, you placed your faith. You asked Jesus to come in your life. 
as a result of preaching, the word being preached. Now listen, all of you, there was somebody, whether it was directing you to a passage, whether it was whatever it may have been, someone spoke something to you. There was a speaking into your life, and we need to recognize the, the importance and the power of the word that we can give an answer. All of you, very few people are getting saved just on their own. And uh, if they are, if there's, if there's a restriction of the word to come, there are, I'm, I'm hearing that people are getting saved as a result of dreams and visions that they have because they are so persecuted or there's no allowance for there to be a word given. But we need to recognize in our day and age, and where we are especially, that we have the freedom still, and there may be a rejecting of the word, but to be able to speak things into people's lives, to give a defense of the hope. And I know in these, some of these, these lands of persecution, you don't want to come across as having any hope or definitely not to, to proclaim that my hope is in Jesus Christ. Because there's persecution that would possibly come. So, hey, I, I don't want to be persecuted so I don't say anything. The Lord is saying here that we would give a defense for the hope, for the reason of the hope that we have with meekness and fear for their sake. Lord, let me not mess up my explanation to them. Now, mind you, I, let me just say this. Oftentimes when I've spoken to somebody about Jesus, later on it says, oh, man, I should have said this, or oh, man, I should have said that. You trust the word that's been given. Because the word that you've given, even a little amount, is like a seed that is planted to bring life as somebody else comes and waters it. And it is God that gives the increase. It is God that gives the increase of salvation in their life. But you plant the seed. We plant the seed. So we need to recognize that as we share with others, that we offer them life. Somebody shared with you. Somebody was obedient to the command that Jesus said, hey, listen, I want you to go out and I want you to make disciples of all nations, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you right until the end of the age. May I say this? In the speaking of the word, the word is with you. The word, Jesus Christ says, I will be with you. And the word that we would speak would be the word. That would be of Jesus. Even as Jesus would help you to share of the hope that you have. To share of the hope that you have. What is the reason for our hope? It is, as you've mentioned already, a number of you have mentioned it was the receiving of Jesus in my life. Listen to what Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 1. Colossians 1.24 says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you 
and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even with the suffering that I may have gone through, I've been called to, to, to this stewardship, this managing from God, which was given to me to fulfill the word of God. And listen, that the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, the mystery of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Listen up. What is the mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope that we have is Christ within us. That's why I said it is critical when you are sharing about Jesus that you say, Christ, the reason I have this hope is Christ within me, which means there is a receiving of a Christ in you. You need to let them know you need to receive Christ in your life. This is the most, one of the most important things and necessary things because if Jesus is not in their life, there is no hope. They need to have Jesus in their life. They need to accept Jesus, receive Jesus in their life. Let me read this, this verse again, verse 27, Colossians 1, 27. To them, to those that had no hope, those that didn't know Jesus, to them God willed, it's part of his will, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, not just... It wasn't just the Jews, not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, which is, I like to make that little pause there, which is, what is the mystery among the Gentiles? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So there's, a, there's an importance of, as we give a defense of the hope that we have, we want to preach Jesus. We want to warn man, every man. We want to teach every man in all wisdom, in the wisdom of the things of God, and that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus as they grab a hold of the hope that we have as, as we preach it to them. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. How can I have Christ in me? How can I give a reason statement for our hope? It says, for it pleased the Father. This is Colossians 1.19, a few verses before the ones I just read. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell in Jesus Christ. All the fullness of the Godhead should dwell. And by him... Jesus to reconcile all things to himself by him, Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So not only should we 
receive Christ, we need to mention how we have life in and through Christ. It is, we, are, we have peace, we have this hope through the blood of his cross. You know, what is it? What is it about the blood? What is, is, is it about telling or sharing of the blood of Jesus Christ? What, what is so important about the blood? Okay, so it washes our sins. It cleanses us from all our sins. It is only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That is why Satan will do whatever he can that the cross of Christ is not preached in a church, that there's no mention of sin. We don't want to offend anybody. And so there's no mention of how we can have a hope. There is no hope without the blood of Jesus Christ that takes care of every sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need to talk about sin. In the, hope that we in the hope that we would give to others, we need to talk about the blood, and we need to talk about why the blood, why the cross, why did he come? It was be to take care of what separates us from God, because without God, there is no hope. Hallelujah. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord as we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Going back to Colossians 1 and talking about his work on the cross and by his shed blood, it says, And you, all of us, who once were alienated and enemies in, in our mind by wicked words, yet now he has reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Through his death, that we might be presented to God the Father, holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, to continue to trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work for you. So critical that we share this hope, that we, we, we give a reasoned account or statement that people can grab a hold of, say, okay, I understand now. I've broken all, the, all of the Ten Commandments, so we've sinned. We have sinned before God, and if we are standing before him, in a court of law, and we've sinned, we've broken every one of the, the Ten Commandments, or even four of them, or five of them, or six of them. As a question would be asked, well, heaven or hell? It's like, I deserve to go to hell. And yet lo the Lord has taken care of that. That is why the cross, that is why he shed his blood for us. And that is that if we continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast in the faith of Jesus Christ and his death for us, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Don't move away from it. This, this already was going on 2,000 years ago and has continued to this day because somebody told you, somebody told me, 
And the person that told me, somebody told them. And whoever told them, there was somebody that told them. And so on and so on. We just say, thank you, Lord. It has been going on now for 2,000 years. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I just want to say regarding the blood, how do we apply the blood in our life? How does the blood get applied in our life? What do we need to do? Anybody? How do we have the blood of Jesus Christ applied in our lives? And, or how can we tell others what they need to do to have the blood of Jesus Christ applied in their life? We can talk about the blood. Anybody? Okay. Not the right answer, though. It's a good answer, but not the right one. To accept Jesus for who he said he was. It's not the right thing regarding sin. Okay. I, all right. So we need to confess our sin. And we don't can't confess to anybody. Don't confess to me. You confess to the Lord. Let me read this. You guys, this is, this is a reasoned statement. Or let me give you the, why I have the hope. The reason that you had your sins forgiven is because you confessed that you were a sinner. You confessed it. And it's according to Scripture. It says in 1 John 1 verse, I'm, yeah, I have it right here, verse 7 to 9. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is critical that the individual confesses, I'm a sinner. I was talking to somebody the other week. And they were saying, I said, have you ever told a, a, a lie? No, nope, I've never lied. Have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? Nope, I've never taken anything that didn't belong to me. <laughs> now, mind you, I, I'm talking, I'm not talking to an adult. I'm talking to a child. So I was talking to a child. I said, you're a pretty good kid. But the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of them. I found out later they had told me a lie. Oopsie. I didn't say, you're a liar. You lied to me. I didn't say that. It's a, it's a, they, had they had made a lie. They had said a lie. I hadn't spoken the truth. Nobody wants to maybe confess their sin. But we need to recognize as we confess our sin to him, this is a beautiful thing of the power immediately of, of the blood of Jesus 
to be applied to our life to cleanse us. That is why we need to confess, yes, I'm a sinner. But the blood of Jesus has, when did it happen? It was on the cross that Jesus' blood was shed for us. And so it flows from one thing to the next. His blood takes care of our sin. His broken body, as he, was, as he hung on the cross, takes care of our sin. And so the last part of it is that not only do I believe that Jesus died for me, but he rose again. And I need him in my life. I want him in my life. Because if I receive him, I am born of God. These are all critical steps in making a defense of the hope that we have. If you listen to any time that I pray a prayer for salvation, I will include those three major things. Confession of sin, a confession and faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago, and a receiving of Christ into their life. Confession of sin, Confession and faith, according to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, talks about if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died for us and he was buried and he rose again, we will be saved. Because it says, it talks about with the confession of the mouth, one believes on, or there's salvation that comes, even as we would believe in our hearts. Romans 10, verse 10 talks about the confession and it talks about the faith of believing and we are saved. We have salvation that comes. And to be born of God, according to John 1, verse 12 and 13, as I received, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God, even to those that believe in his name. Praise the Lord. Listen to what happens to a, new, to a person that comes to Christ. Tell me that this didn't happen to you when you first came to Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the beautiful thing is with this passage, immediately there's this call for you and I, as we have become new, to bring others to Christ. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation to have right relationship with God. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them or th that there would be condemnation as a result of their trespasses, but rather that they're committed, that we've been committed to or what, what has been committed to us is the word of reconciliation. So to be able to take care of our sins, they've been taken care of through Jesus Christ. And the Lord puts on us to give the word of reconciliation that others can be reconciled with God, to have a relationship with God. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. This Last week when I spoke around this chapter, this really hit me. Because I've, at different points, I've been in this place where I was pleading. It says, now then, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading through us. In fact, just 
the other day, I, I said to an individual, I said, I beg of you that you would give your life to Jesus. I, I don't want you to be apart from God. I would want for you to spend eternity with God, to spend eternity with me, with us. I want you to make it. And so there's this pleading, God pleading through us. It's amazing. Once again, the power of the word that we would declare to others, it is powerful. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We implore you, we beg of you. For he made him, for God made his son, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not our righteousness, his righteousness on us and in us and through us so that we can come before the Lord God Almighty. I love what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's where we were. But we were made alive in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, according to Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with God, or through Christ, together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Oh man, you have no idea what is still ahead of us as believers. The exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. As Jesus said, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Recognize the power as you make a defense of your hope. Do not hold back from that, from sharing that with somebody else. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith in him. We stand right before God. So, treat as holy the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that you have. You have hope, and they don't. Let them know about the hope that you have and how they can have it as well in meekness and in fear. Praise the Lord. Let's just uh, stand together, and uh, we're just going to close in prayer. I truly believe 
If you are willing, every morning when you get up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, Lord, let me have a good night's sleep because tomorrow's a new day and I want to make myself available to be used by you. When you get up in the morning, Lord, this is a new day and I am prepared to be used by you. You're going to set it up for me. I don't even have to, you know, plan this or plan that. It just you're going to set it up for me to share Jesus with somebody else. I'm willing to do that. I'll tell you, you will move forward in your day. Why? Because you just put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Just by saying, Lord, I'm willing to speak of you. Boom, my, the shoes. Now, I don't have to be watching every step I take because I'm wearing shoes. I'm not going to stumble. I'm not going to fall. It's because I'm wearing shoes. And I can move forward in the day. It's like, thank you, Lord. I'm ready to share the gospel. I'm prepared with the gospel of peace to be given to others. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this, this wonderful series on the word. So powerful. Jesus, you are the word. And that the word, that you would be not just life to us, but we would offer you to others. Lord, to, to share of the hope that we have, to, to give them a reason. reason. This is why I have the hope of Jesus or the hope in my life. It is because of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. We just thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that there will be testimony after testimony of this is what the Lord has done. Even as I shared Christ with others, Lord, there would be testimonies of salvation. Lord, that we would get to meet those that are saved because you worked through us. You were with us right to the end. And Lord, even as you were with us, you were helping us. You, the word, was help, helping us to bring the word, to bring you to others. And so, Lord, I just pray we would know this. You are with us. Even as we would open our mouth, the Holy Spirit is, is ready to do that work of salvation. The moment somebody confesses their sins and they confess their faith in Jesus Christ and what you did for them on the cross, and as they receive Christ into their life, Lord, the Holy Spirit is there immediately to do the work of salvation of entering into their life. Lord, we are sealed by you and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord, for that. We give you all the praise and the glory. And Lord, I just pray, let the power of your spirit rest upon us. Lord, that we would be not just having a spirit within us, but that we would be immersed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We would be led and carried by the Holy Spirit, just like it says in Ezekiel 47, wherever the river went, it brought life. And Lord, that there would be rivers of living water flowing from us as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Lord, that there would be rivers of living water, that the seed of the gospel would be germinated within the individual and that new life will come. I just pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it be. Amen. Amen.
Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.